This is Scott, host of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast and Black author. You could get all three of my books. My first book, Systematic Racism and Capitalism, Alliance of Oppression. My second book, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy. And my third book, my first novel, Exodus 2035, all available on Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can download the Kindle app to your smartphone or tablet, and you can access those products. Thanks for listening. We want every legal vote to be counted, and we want every illegal vote to whoa, whoa, whoa. be I, I just think we have to be very clear. She's charging. Uh, the other side is welcoming fraud and welcoming illegal voting. Unless she has more details to back that up, I can't in good countenance continue showing you this. I want to make sure that maybe they do have something to back that up. But that's an explosive charge to make. The others. It seems inevitable that in this initial vote count uh, that Joe Biden is going to win. The Trump campaign has said that they wanted to have their um, their poll watchers there and that I guess they're being asked to provide evidence for something that they say they weren't able to even participate in or to be able to see. And so that's, I think, where they would say that needs to be rectified if it could be. That's not true. It's not true. It's just not true. The uh, election uh, poll watchers, they are called canvas watchers. Republicans have been in this room, in that room, uh, where they're supposed to be, standing alongside with the Democrats. When they are talking the fraud uh, issue and they're all talking, you know, irregularities, illegalities, what are they specifically referring to? Neil, I think you're right on target. You see a lot of passion and a lot of anger, but you don't see any specific examples of where was the irregularity. At this point, the president needs to win at least three recounts Mm. to even get to 270 or maybe tie it at 269. It's just a a really uh, tough uphill battle. Welcome to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. 2020 presidential election has came and went. Joe Biden is the president elect of the United States. The current president of the United States, President Trump, stands firm in his position that he won the election by a lot. And even though Election Day has has been over with more than a week now, the process still continues president says he's going to take this he's going to fight this in the courts and that he is going to expose the fraud and when the dust settles and all the facts come out he will still be president of the united states i suspect this process will go on for months not weeks i suspect he's going to fight this tooth and nail up and past the holidays and the end results and his reaction and his twitter feed I suspect will be very entertaining for the next couple months. But let's go back. Let's go back to election night a week ago. While the election was going on, I have said repeatedly on this broadcast for months now, I have no idea who was going to win this election. I did not have strong feelings one way or the other on on election night. Things were a little tense. Things were a little tight. Seems as though Pre- President Trump was winning Virginia. He was winning Georgia. He was 
winning Pennsylvania. But then, before you know it, damn, it's the Negroes. Votes from the highly populated urban areas in Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia area, in Georgia, the Atlanta area, in uh, Virginia, the Northern Virginia area, those came in later and those states flipped to blue. So it is being projected that, yes, Joe Biden, he won Georgia. He won Virginia. He won Pennsylvania. He got Wisconsin and Michigan, which President Trump won last time. He beat Hillary Clinton in Wisconsin and Michigan. President Biden also won Arizona, which is a surprise. Arizona historically is is a very uh, Republican area. And he got Nevada. So it is being projected that the Democrats, uh, as of right now, uh, 279 electoral votes. Um, If everything stands, you only need 270 electoral votes to become president of the United States. And I suspect within the next couple months, if you don't know anything about the electoral college, you're going to learn a whole lot. You're going to know what it is who they are, what they do. The whole process will be broken down, not only by national media, but by various sources. So we, everyone is getting ready to get a thorough, thorough, thorough education and who these people are. The only, there are only two states within the, uh, within the union, the particular that split the vote amongst the electoral college. Right. And, 48 states, whoever, whatever presidential nominee gets the majority of the votes, they get all the electoral votes for that state. Case in point, I think, you know, Georgia has or Pennsylvania has like 20 electoral votes. Don't quote me on that. Well, case in point, if a state has 20 electoral votes, Biden and Trump, they're running for president. If Biden gets more votes in that state. He gets all 20 electoral votes. All right. I believe it is Maine and the other state is the other state is Nebraska. Those are the only two states where you can split electoral votes. Case in point, Maine has three electoral votes, but they do it by district. So if one person was to win a particular district, if, if president, I believe president in one particular district, President Trump got more votes than Joe Biden. So he got that one electoral vote. So he got one electoral vote for Maine. Joe Biden got the other two. Two plus one is three, but they can split the electoral votes. And so the only other state that does that is Nebraska. If you didn't know, now you know. And let's also talk about the electoral college and where that comes from. All right, guys. In the late 1700s, there was already a divide between the northern and the southern states as far as how elections should be run. The idea of just having elections being based off the popular vote struck fear in politicians from slaveholding states because the slaveholding states at the time had bigger populations than the north, but their population was was mostly comprised of enslaved black people who couldn't vote. The North was the opposite. Right? They had smaller populations, but they had more eligible voters. 
So the slaveholding states did not want the North to have more political power than them. So what they did was they came up with something called the three fifths compromise, which really means, you know, black people, they're three fifths of a person. Right? They're not a whole person, but they're three fifths of a person. And they came up with this to give the slaveholding states a little bit more balance when it comes to political power. So the three fifths compromise is tied to the Electoral College and all the Electoral College is is a system that says, well, instead of, you know, the popular vote determining who the president is, every state based on population is going to get a certain amount of electoral votes. Right. So. We decided that way, whoever gets the most electoral votes based on population wins. And since we have determined that Negroes aren't real people, you know, they're they're like this thing between people and animals. They're three fifths of a person. That's how the, the three fifths compromise came up. It is tied to the electoral college and it is tied to. Racist white men who own slaves trying to get a little bit more political power off the backs of a Negro. All right. The, back then, the fear always was and mind you, back then there were not 50 states back to like 13 states back then. Back then, the fear always was, well, if we give the if we need balance between the north and the south, because if we give the north all the political power, then eventually they could legally say out they could outlaw slavery and they could, you know, all these rich slave owners wouldn't rich slave owners anymore and of course that's what they did and that started the entire civil war blase blase a show for another day but that the three-fifths compromise that is tied to electoral college i suspect that's something that they won't break down in more detail on mainstream media within the coming days weeks and months as we learn all about this electoral process and what it is what it means and how it runs because a big question that a lot of people have always had is, well, how can we just don't do it based off the popular vote? Right. There has been quite a few presidents that won the popular vote, but still lost the election. Right. Because the way that the United States is set up is, is really uh, the majority population in the United States is really uh, heavy towards the East Coast. Right. You got a lot of. Uh, the major cities in the East Coast has very large populations. It dwindles almost down to nothing when, when you go through the Midwest and then it picks up again on the West Coast, especially around uh, Southern California, uh, places like that. And a lot of the major metropolitan areas tend to be heavily Democratic. So if you look at that red and blue map that I'm sure you guys have been looking at for days now, you see a lot of red on that map. But the reason Joe Biden, Joe Biden was able to still win the collection, the election is because in the area where it's blue, that's where all the people live. So they have more electoral votes and they have more voting power. Right. Think about it. There's a ton of people who live in Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Baltimore. All right. There's a ton of people who live in uh, Miami, who live in. Minnesota, uh, West, is it Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, St. Paul. Yes. Um, whatever state, some large city. There's a ton of people who live in Las Vegas. All right. That's how 
Joe Biden won Nevada. Right. There's a ton of people who live in northern Virginia because northern Virginia is really a suburb of Washington, D.C. And historically, how northern Virginia votes sways the entire state of Virginia because it's so dense in population. Right. The state of Virginia as a whole, middle Virginia, not a whole lot of people live there. Southern Virginia, not a whole lot of people live there, even though you do have a large concentration of black people in southern Virginia in the seven cities area. That's a very liberal area. The way Northern Virginia goes can swing the whole state because so many people live in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. And, and the Northern Virginia area. So that's why Virginia was able to turn blue. Right on the West Coast, L.A., right, Southern California and, and the Bay Area, very liberal areas, even though California is a very large state outside of Southern California and the Bay Area up in Northern California. The rest of California is very red. The rest of California is very Republican. So in the cities where most people live at, you have a lot. They, they tend to be liberal. Right. Florida, the Miami area, very liberal, very blue. The rest of Florida is red, as red as can be. So after these elections are held, one one big data analysis that always goes down is how many people showed up to vote and how people voted. And these things are broken down by gender and by race, amongst other things, college education, um, finances. But the biggest thing they always look at is gender and race. Don't ever let anybody tell you, especially in political news, that race doesn't matter, because when it comes to these elections, that's all they talk about is gender and race, because they understand race matters. They want to look at how black women voted, how black men voted how Cubans voted, how Venezuelans voted, Cuban-Americans and Venezuelan-Americans, obviously. They want to look at how um, people who are second-generation African immigrants voted, <laughs> okay? They, would, they want to look specifically on how white women voted, on how white men voted, on how people with college degrees, without college degrees. They study all that, right? Because they want to see how people vote, because they want to see the trends they want to see the swings they want to see the mindset of a particular people and they treat it like a block okay they don't care if you know six white women four of them voted republican one of them voted democrat they look at overwhelmingly how did white women vote as a group okay that's how they look at it and that's how they treat it because they want to know politically how do we cater to this group because they, your political representation understands that different groups have different needs and are concerned and have different interests. And that's OK. So when we talk about how black people need to vote their interests, that's what every other group does all the time. That is something that is understood. Right. Political representation in this country understands that the interests of a middle class white woman are completely different than the interests of a middle class black woman or a middle class or a under or a low income Latino woman and vice versa. All right. This isn't hate speech. This isn't radical talk. This is this is common sense. Right. This is political science. Right. This is what everybody understands. So don't ever let anybody shame you in voting your interests and demanding something for your vote because they understand that these other groups will are demanding something for their vote. Once you get in office, 
you are expected to deliver to your base. I'm sure you've heard that word before, especially within the last couple of weeks. Delivering to your base. Well, who is the base of the Democratic Party, which has been projected to win this election? The base is so-called minorities, right? Black people, Latino people, people of color, non-white people, especially black people, have carried the Democratic Party through every election cycle. All right. Without the black vote, they know they can't win. And this particular election had historic turnout results. A little over, it looks like a, a right about 150 million people voted. Um, I believe last election it was right around 130 million. So we're looking at around. I think the projections, the projections is right around 150 million. So we're talking about a margin of about 20 million more people voted this time around. This was a historic election, guys. More people voted in this election than any election in the United States history. One thing to keep in mind is Donald Trump actually did get more votes than anybody ever in the history of the United States besides Joe Biden. I mean, he got 71 million votes. Joe Biden got about 75. He got about 71. That's a ton of votes. And just by double checking my math, that's about 145 million, not 150 million. So we're talking about 15 million people, 15 million more people voted this election cycle than in previous elections which is still history making. So, uh, the so-called minority coalition really showed up for Biden. I, I, I wonder if this helped. More questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. With the end of campaign season, we're going to hear a lot of conversation about the Latino vote or the black vote. What you won't hear a lot about is the white vote. So I asked Gene Demby from NPR's Code Switch podcast team to come on the program and talk about why. So the white vote is always there, but, you know, we in the media have a million euphemisms for the white vote. We have a lot of ways to say white without saying white. We say evangelical, soccer moms, suburban women, NASCAR dads, etc. Never mind that, you know, plenty of people of color over-index on things like church attendance or that, you know, the suburbs all over the country are becoming browner all the time. White is kind of implied in U.S. politics. And because it's left implied, there tends to be this hyper-focus after elections on the way that non-white voters behave. So right now, we're hearing a lot about Biden's new performance among Latino voters in Florida, for example, but far less about the fact that Trump won 60% of white voters in Florida, and white voters make up nearly two-thirds of the electorate in Florida this year, at least according to the New York Times. So Trump's viability relies almost entirely on his consistently strong white support, but because we don't talk about white people that way, we tend to focus on these sort of marginal shifts with people of just don't think because he probably will not be president come January that he did not get a ton of support. Um, I don't think President Trump is going away. What do I mean by that? <laughs> he got over 71 million votes. His the things that he's doing right now, saying contesting the election, saying it was a fraud, saying he won by a lot, won by a lot. 
I think this is really tactical. I don't I really don't honestly believe President Trump thinks he will be able to win the election in the court of law. But I do think he's trying to win the election in the court of public opinion. I think the 71 million people who voted for that supported him. He is trying to send the message that, hey, you guys were screwed. You know, the Democrats, the crooked Democrats don't pull the fast one. We really won. You know, you guys were right. Um, you guys were screwed over. And by doing such, that will give him a lot of political power within the Republican Party. Even after January, when he's not president anymore, I suspect that anyone running for office through the Republican Party, you know, they're going to have to go through Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump is going to control the Republican Party even after January because he has so many people that supported him. And he's trying to paint the narrative that, you know, yeah, he's he's really the president and he was screwed and he's the guy. I don't think he will run for president again. Donald Trump is 74 years old. So in four years from now, he'll be 78. I don't think um, he will run again. But I do think that he will have a lot of political power and control through his message. I don't I'm not certain that his rallies will stop. I think he'll keep them going. I think he will keep them going. I think for his uh, business interests, it is something that will keep his um, monetary gains very high and something that will keep his uh, his family in a prominent position politically within the Republican Party. So I, I, I don't think uh, Donald Trump is going anywhere just because he lost an election. Another breakdown of the votes for 2020 by gender. It was about this about 50 50, 48 uh, percent of men voted Democrat, 49 percent of men voted Republican, 35 million Republican, 34.9 million Democrats. So it's about 50 50 amongst women. 56 percent of women voted blue. 43 percent of women voted red. 35.3 million women voted Republican. 46 million voted democrat all right let's look at votes by gender and race the republican party won won the vote amongst white white men 58 percent to 40 percent they also won the vote amongst white women surprise surprise 55 percent to 43 percent right the democratic party won the vote amongst black men 80 percent to 18 percent I guess the other two percent is, is is margin of error. And the Democratic Party won won the vote amongst black women. Ninety one percent to eight percent. Right. Six point two million black men voted blue. One point four million voted red. Nine point eight million black women voted blue. Eight hundred and seventy thousand voted red. So the Republican Party did carry the vote amongst white men. And amongst white women, they carried the vote. So once again, uh, bl black people, we put the Democratic Party over. Uh, this was a tight race. I mean, those votes, uh, President Biden or President elect Joe Biden, he won for, by a very narrow margin in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, 
in Virginia, in Nevada, right? In Michigan, in Michigan, and, and Wisconsin. He didn't he didn't win by, you know, <laughs> a million votes. Like it's tight. It's tight, it's tight, it's tight. And legally, if a state, if the total tally, uh if the total of the tally <laughs> if a vote is within one percent, right? If if it was if it is in one percent, then the loser he can request a, a recount. All right. Legally, he can do that. So it looks like he will be President Trump will be requesting a, a, a recount in two or three different states. He'll definitely be requesting a recount in Georgia. I believe he'll, he'll probably go for one in Pennsylvania as well. Um, I do not believe that he will be president come January. You know, he like I said, I think he's just doing this for the court of public opinion. This is chess, not checkers. And that's just what it is. Um, I do not believe that he will concede and bow out gracefully. I think he will do the exact opposite and he will have an iron fist. <laughs> he he going to run the Republican Party like like Thanos from the Avengers. All right. They're going to have to go through him. He won't even be president no more. I mean, some of the reactions that I've seen within the last week from uh, different Republican uh, senators and, and congressmen has has been very interesting i mean I'm, they seem like president trump got them shook <laughs> they seem scared to death of this dude so the next two months are going to be very very interesting uh vice president elect kamala harris the first black woman to hold that seat kudos to her and you know black people let's get something for our vote because we did show up and we did push the democratic party um, forward with a victory and president trump still got 71 million votes so next election cycle all the republicans really have to do is run someone who's not an open white supremacist and they should feel very good about their chances of winning so the democratic party hey people need something tangible for their votes we need something tangible for our votes. That's the message, right? That's the drum I've been beating for months and months and months. And this has been another episode of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. All you guys should be following me on Instagram at unprocessed underscore knowledge. I'll spell it out and make it easy for you. U N P R O C E. S-S-E-D underscore K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E. If you want to support the show on a monetary basis, the cash app is up dollar sign U-K-P-O-D. That's the cash app for the show. If you listen to the show. If you're a subscriber to the show, if you enjoy the content of the show, go ahead, drop a dollar on that cash app. It'll be greatly appreciated. And you can also find all of my products, all three of my books on Amazon.com. My first novel, Exodus 2035, my first book, Systemic Racism and Capitalism, Alliance of Oppression, and my second book hypocrisy in america 
the veil of white supremacy all three are available on amazon.com thanks for listening guys our nation's history have paved the way for this moment tonight women who fought and sacrificed so much for equality and liberty and justice for all including the black women who are often too often overlooked but so often prove they are the backbone of our democracy